Welcome to Restoration City Church Podcast. We pray you are blessed by this message. So I'm going to go into the word of the Lord. So um, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to go to a few scriptures. Um, and you're welcome to write some of these verses down as I go along because it's going to be quite a few scriptures I'm going to be turning to. Um, so we're going to start off in Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. And I thank God for the, the people who minister the word. The word of God has been rich in this house. Amen. And so I want to appreciate all the preachers and those who are ministering the word. I, I really do appreciate what you do. Matthew chapter 26 and verse number 26. And I'm going to read um, from the New King James Version. And it says, and as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them saying, drink from it, all of you. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. But I say to you, I will not drink of this fruit of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. In the book of Mark chapter 14 and 24, he said to them, this is my blood of the New Testament or New Covenant, which is shed for many. That's Mark's version. Paul puts it this way in the 1 Corinthians 10 and 16. It says, the cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? And he goes on in chapter 11, 25. It says, as often as we drink it in remembrance of me. A few verses there. I want to just focus your attention on the first chapter, Matthew. For this is my blood of the new covenant which is shed for many for the remission of sin. I want to talk about the blessing of the new covenant. The blessings of the new covenant. That when Jesus instituted what we call, we tend to call it the, the last supper. He made a specific reference to the word covenant. Or in some translation, the word comes up as testament. Which in the Greek, the words are exchangeable. Some will use the word covenant. And in some translation, you will see the word testament. It's really just, it's the same word. They can use it backwards and forwards. And a testament comes into force after the death of a testator. And what Jesus was referring to his disciples was that through his death, the blessings 
of the covenant will come to those whom it has been promised in that particular covenant. It's like today we'll make a particular will and we will say at our passing of, of us, we will, if you have your children, you will divide up different things and say you can, this person can have the car, this person will have the house. And if you're an artist, you might say this person would want a painting and you dish things out and you give things out. But it doesn't come into force until that person has passed, has died. The book of Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 16 explains it this way. Hebrews 9 verse 16, it says, For where there is a testament, or in other words, where there is a covenant, there must also, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. In other words, the covenant cannot come into pass until the tester is, 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 there's a death of a tester. So the testament, the covenant, cannot come until death has taken place. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the tester lives. What Jesus was doing, he was with his disciples and he was explaining to his disciples as he was holding up the cup, he was saying that there is a covenant or a New Testament that was coming. But that New Testament could not come until his blood had to be shed. And the shedding of his blood will bring into force the New Covenant or the New Testament. So, for over 4,000 years, man had to live under the Old Testament, under an Old Covenant. And that's why when you read through the book of Leviticus, you will look at some of those covenants and some of those things which were in the covenant, some of the laws, and you will look at it and say, well, I don't see how it's possible for us to be able to abide by all those laws. And so what Jesus was saying, I didn't come to abolish those. I came to fulfill it. But I'm coming to bring a new covenant to you so that you do not come under the old covenant anymore. Because the old covenant did not bring you into the place where he wanted you to be. Because the new covenant has to come by way of blood. And so he was explaining to, he was explaining to his disciples I'm bringing you to another level of grace and mercy. And this will come by way of a new covenant. So there is a blessing that comes by way of covenant. There is a blessing that comes by way of a new testament. That's where we are, a new testament. So I don't have to live under the old covenant anymore. What I've got to do is understand where I stand and what are the promises of the new covenant. So what I've got to do is look at the new covenant and see what is the blessings that applies for me under the new covenant, under the new testament, knowing that it cannot come into force, I cannot receive these blessings until the blood has to be shed. So where the blood of goats and bulls that was used to cover sin, the sins of men for 4,000 years, 
it did not meet the requirement needed for the new covenant to come into place. So everything what they were doing under the old covenant does not bring us into the place where the Father uh, brings us into a relationship with him. In other words, what Jesus was saying to his disciples was that through the shedding of his blood, his blood will be sufficient to pay the price to release the blessings of the new covenant upon us. I say that again. That his blood, not the blood of goats, not the blood of bulls, not any other kind of blood, but only his blood, only his blood was sufficient. No other blood, but his blood was sufficient to pay the price that was needed so that the blessings of the new covenant will be released upon us. In other words, there was a price to pay. There was a price to pay, and that price was high. And so Jesus, around as he was taking the last supper, he was letting his disciple know that though this price was high, I will be releasing that blessing upon you. So, what are the blessings that we have under this new covenant? So one of the greatest truths that we have revealed to us through scripture is the power and the authority of the blood of Jesus. That every believer needs to understand the truth. You have to come to the truth. In other words, you have to come to a place of revelation where you begin to understand the power and the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because the blood of Jesus is the very heart and soul of the word of God. As revealed to us through scriptures, if you read through scriptures, you will see that the shedding of the blood of Jesus was not an accident. This was planned way before the foundations of the world. When the devil in the garden thought he messed up God's plan, he didn't understand. It was, there, was no, there was no plan B. It was always part of God's plan. Because you can't outsmart God. You can't catch God off by accident. God does not do things by coincidence. God outsmarted, outsmarted the devil. Outsmarted the devil. But it was in the will of God... That no man or woman should come near his presence without coming by way of the blood of Jesus. I say that again. It was the will of God that no man or woman should come near his presence without coming by way of the blood of Jesus Christ. So the blood of the New Testament as declared in the scripture was the, was, the, was the blood of Jesus Christ, was the blood of the New Testament. It was, it was not just for salvation from guilt and sin that was offered in the blood, but every promise, every provision that you see in the New Testament comes by way of the blood. So every promise you read in the New Testament Every provision that you read that applies to us comes.
comes by way of the blood. So if you don't understand the blood, it means we are living beneath our privileges. It means that there's things that we can claim, but because we don't understand the blood, we're not claiming them. The promises which have been given to us, if we don't understand the authority and the power we have by way of the blood, we are missing out on the promises. We are missing out on the, on the, the provisions that he's made for us. And that's when we as Christians become miserable. Because you hear people saying, well, this Christianity thing don't work. It's not that it don't work. It means you don't have a revelation of the power of the blood. It works. I said it works. It works. It works. So every promise, every provision comes by way of the blood. What I got to understand is what is the privilege? What are the blessings? What are the, priv- the provisions? What has God done for us by way of the blood? And so when we look at the finished work of the cross, when Jesus on the cross says, it is finished, telestai, it is finished. It means once he has finished it, it's completed and will never have to be redone again. It's the complete work of the, of the cross. When we, when we look at the cross, the work was finished. It doesn't have to be redone again. When Jesus said, it is finished, it means it is finished. Finished. So the finished way of the cross, when we look at the, the work of the cross, every victory, every encounter must be lived in a relationship that is covered by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so I want to just give you five key things that we have as blessings that came by way of the blood, that came by way of the covenant, that came by way of the New Testament. So the first thing that we have that came by way after Jesus died the, the five blessings that we have as a result of the covenant is number one, redemption. Redemption. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 18, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse number 18, this is what Peter says. He says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold. He was saying, you need to understand, you were not redeemed by corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by the traditions from your fathers. But you were redeemed with the precious blood of Jesus Christ as a lamb without blemish, and without spot. In other words, the word redeem means to pay off. The word redeem means to buy back, which often relates to setting a person free. And in the context of biblical redemption, it is a price that had to be paid to set mankind free. And to set us free from the slavery of sin Jesus had to become the sacrifice needed 
to pay the price for our sin. So the, the word redeem means we had to, there had to be a price to be paid to set you and I free from the slavery of sin. And what Peter's saying, that price was not with silver and it was not with gold. Because your life is worth more than silver and gold. You are valuable because you are made in the image and likeness of God. And you cannot then evaluate your life and that you are made in the image and the likeness of God with silver and gold. You are more valuable than silver or gold. In other words, don't sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself short. You were made, you and I were made in the image and the likeness of God. Do you hear what I'm saying? You were made in the image, the reflection, the image and likeness of God. There's nobody else on the earth like you. No animals were made in the image and likeness of God. No angels or cherubims are made in the likeness of God. But you and I, you and I are made in the image. You are a reflection of God. Walking in this earth, you are a reflection of God. Walking in this earth. Thank you. <laughs> it's good to be back. <laughs> so there, there was a price that needs to be paid. And he was saying silver and gold weren't enough. It had to come by way of the blood. And, 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 and Hebrews 9.11 says this, But Christ, Jesus Christ, came as a high priest of good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands. That is, not of this creation, not with the blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood, with his own blood, he entered into the most holy place once and for all, having obtained eternal redemption. In other words, you have the price. Have you ever watched these, these films? And, and, and someone's getting blackmailed. And they said, if you pay me 10,000 pounds, we, you know, I will shut up and I will go away. And you see them on TV and they, they say, I haven't got 10,000 pounds, I haven't got 10,000 pounds, but they find 10,000 pounds. And they come and they pay the 10,000 pounds and the person goes away and they get on with life. And then a few weeks later, they come back. That 10,000 pounds run out. They need another 20,000 pounds now. Stake has gone up and if you don't give me the 20,000 pounds, I'm going to expose you. And it goes on. Well, the price that Jesus paid was once and for all. He never have to pay that price again. It's paid in full. His blood paid for our redemption in full. Someone say amen. amen. The second thing that the covenant gave us through his blood, the, the second thing, the blessing that we have is found in Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. And I love this. I love this. Ephesians 1 verse 7. It says this. 
in whom we have redemption. Remember the word redemption means to pay back. It means that we, we owed a price we couldn't afford. I know some of you like shopping. And you know when you spend, 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 spend on a credit card, and then it comes to a point when it's, they start saying you have to pay it back, and you haven't got the means. <laughs> you, you spend, you spend, you maxed up the card. I go and get another card and max up that card. And then when you start checking your salary, you ain't got the means. <laughs> you ain't got the means to pay it back. That's what he was saying is that we owe such a, a debt. We owe such a debt to get us out of sin that we did not have the resources to pay it. We did not have the means to pay it. So the Bible says in whom we have redemption through his blood. In other words, his blood paid for us to be free. But listen to this. The second thing that he's given us, the benefit, it says the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace in whom we have redemption through his blood. The forgiveness of sins. The forgiveness of our sins. Remember in the old covenant, the old covenant once a year, they had to go and get an animal. They had to make sure that animal was spotless. And then they would shed the blood. They would take the blood of the animal. But the blood was only enough to cover the sins. But it wasn't powerful enough to remove sin. Jesus' blood is so powerful, Lord. You all ain't hearing me. It's so powerful. You see, I, I made a mistake. I made a mistake. I went and I, I normally always buy Bosch washing machine. I'm, always, I'm a Bosch man. German man. But don't ask me why I have some foolishness got into my spirit. And I went and I bought a less inferior one. Because I read the reviews and the reviews lied. That's all I can say. The review, the review lied. And man and man, when I go to work, I always wear a white shirt. And it's supposed to be white shirt, not grey shirt. It's supposed to be white. White. And you see, I sweat so my, my neck back... My neck back always don't, don't look good. And so I put powder, I put all these thing, things in, all the things, put it in the washing machine. But this clothes, this shirt, don't come out white. It doesn't matter what, I call the engineer, the engineer come and look at it and say there's nothing wrong with the washing machine. I put all kinds of oxy clean and all everything bleach everybody give me suggestion but you know what it wasn't powerful enough to clean my shirt and that's how some of our lives have been under the old covenant it doesn't matter what we've done it was never good enough to completely make us clean but the blood of jesus the blood of jesus doesn't just cover my sins it completely removes every stain, everything. When you look at it, when you look at the shirt, I have to carry my shirt to dry cleaners now. But it's supposed to look like it just come out of the wrapper. 
That's what he's done for us. Through his blood, the forgiveness of sin. It makes us, when we apply the blood, not just talk, you have to apply the blood. It's like putting, it's like putting clothes in a washing machine and put no soap. He's not going to wash your clothes. You have to apply. And that's why for us to understand the forgiveness of sin, you have to apply the blood. And when the blood is applied to your life, you are washed clean. All of your sins, not some, all of your sins, past, present, future, all of your sins are removed because his blood is sufficient. Someone put your hands together and give him praise. The covenant of his blood means when we stand in this place this Sunday, we stand clean and pure. When we come into this sanctuary, we don't come in with condemnation because it's not something that we earned. It's not something we worked for or we paid for it, but it was provided by way of the cross. It's the gift of God that we have through his covenant. The Bible says in Revelation 1 verse 5, Revelation 1 verse 5, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us, to him who loved us, to him who loved us. You see, everything that Jesus done is motivated by love. Everything he does for you and for me is motivated by love. Everything he does. To him who loved us, and listen, and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Not the blood of any prophets, not the blood of any preacher, or any good man, because their blood is not sufficient enough. Their blood is not powerful enough. But only through his blood has the power, only through the blood of Jesus Christ, has the power to forgive us of any sins that we have committed. That's why in 1 John 1, 9, 9 says, if we confess our sins, if we confess our sins, if we confess, tell the truth. Someone said, tell the truth. You don't have to be a hypocrite. You don't have to put on a mask. You don't, have to, you don't have to walk around in sin. If we confess our sins, listen to this. He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I don't have to come to church and feel condemned and broken and, and, and oh, the devil got one, one up on me. No, he hasn't. No, he hasn't. There is no sin that is not powerful enough where the blood cannot remove. There is no sin that you can commit 
that the blood of Jesus is not powerful enough to forgive and remove. That's how powerful his blood is. And, and, and because of that, when we worship, we worship him not based upon what we have done. We don't worship him based upon what I've done. I don't worship him because I got up early and I prayed. I don't worship him because, you know, I read my Bible or I fasted or I came to church. That's not the purpose of my worship. It's not about what you can do. Because what you, whatever you can do will never be good enough. Our worship is not based upon what I have done. Our worship is based upon what he has done. So even if I am imperfect, it's not based upon me. The worship is based upon what he has done for me that prompts me to worship. So don't let the devil beat you up. Don't let the devil hold you prisoner. Don't let the devil keep you enslaved. You don't have to be enslaved. The blood of Jesus sets you free today in the name of Jesus. I said, I'm going to go the African way. I said the blood of Jesus sets you free. It sets you free today. Hallelujah. And you see, when you get a revelation, because of time, when you get a revelation that I am forgiven, when you get that revelation that the blood of Jesus can set me free, Hebrews 10 verse 19 says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus Christ. So now I can come into the holiness of God. I, oh Lord have mercy, I feel your Holy Ghost. I can get into the holiness because in the, in the old covenant, under the old covenant, if you try to enter into the tabernacle and go into the holiest of holy, and you weren't right, when you go in, you're dead because you could not approach his presence. You could not approach his presence if you came in and you had sin contaminated your life. You will be dead. But under the new covenant, it says, come boldly. Don't come shy. It says, come on. Square your shoulders up. Square your shoulders up. Come on. Come into the holiest. Come to where my presence is. Don't be sheep and, and, and shy and, you know, I, I'm, just a, I'm, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. And, you know, it's just poor little me. What? Get out of here. Get out of here. That ain't the scripture. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just a sinner, you know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a sinner. What? Square up your shoulder. The Father calls you. The Father calls you. The Father calls you. And when the Father calls, you come boldly. Yes, Dad. You come boldly. You come boldly to his presence. Say for 20 years, you know, I'm a, come on. You enter in the holiest of holy. And you come by way of the blood. You don't come by way of your works. It's not by way of your works. It's not by way of your ideology. You come by way of the blood. 
The blood gives you access. Lord, you aren't hearing me. Let me finish. So the third thing, the third thing we have, so the first, the first is redemption. The second is the forgiveness of sin. The third is justification. And, and, and the Bible says, Romans 5 verse 9, and I've got to go quick. Romans 5 verse 9, it says, much more than having been justified by his blood. Hear this. Having been justified by his blood, we shall, we shall be saved from wrath through him. So the word justification or justify has a legal meaning where we are placed before God as a judge. He's the judge. And, 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 and in a court situation. And even though we were found guilty, we were found guilty because we sinned. We are declared not guilty through faith in Jesus Christ. And because of his mercy, I'm guilty of sin. But the judge in a legal situation, in a legal setting, the judge who is Christ says, I'm declaring you, Cleveland, not guilty. And I'm declaring you not guilty through faith and through my mercy. So justification means I'm standing before him as though I have never sinned. Because Jesus took the punishment for me. So in other words, where we were bound by our guilt and brought into condemnation. The blood of Jesus presents us before the Father as though we have never sinned. As though we have never sinned. That's why the Bible in Romans um, 8 says, there, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. We don't walk after the flesh. When you're in Christ, you are no longer walking around as a condemned man. You are justified. You are acquitted. You are free to go. That's what it is. It means to be justified. It means being freed from living a life of guilt and living a life of shame. It's gone. Someone say amen. The fourth thing is transformation. That the blood of Jesus, when it applies to our life, it makes no difference if we were the chiefest of sinner. Trans, when we talk about transformation, it transforms our body, our souls and spirit into a new creation formed in the image of God, which is called holiness. The Bible in Hebrews 9.14 says, How much more shall the blood of Christ whom through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge you from conscience, from dead works to serve the living God. That's why the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All things are passed away and behold, all things become new. In other words, when the blood of Jesus comes to you, it transforms the life. 
It doesn't matter what kind of person you were before. You could have been the vilest of person. But once the blood has been applied to your life, you go through a change. You go through transformation. That's why some people say, I remember you back in the day. I remember how you used to behave back in the day. I remember how you used to conduct yourself back in the day. But something has happened. Because you ain't the same anywhere anymore. The way you react, you ain't the same anymore. Something has happened. What's happened to you? Who have you been with? Who have you been talking to you? I'm here to tell you, it's because of the blood. Oh, Lord. Isaiah 1 and 18 says, come now and let us reason together. Says the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. A change has taken place. I'm changed. It's not because I read some philosophical books and, and, and studied uh, New Ageism. It's because of the blood. The blood has changed me. I applied the blood to my life and something has happened. I'm changed. And the last thing, and Brother Cleveland, you might have to come and do the offering and do, <laughs> do the communion. So if they, if they ask why we lay it, we could blame you. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. The last thing, and I've got to get out of here. The last thing that comes by way of the blood, the covenant of the blood, the blessings of the blood, is power. Someone say power. And authority. Say power and authority. In the book of Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, it says, And they overcame him. Him means Satan. That you overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. So there is an overcoming authority. There's an overcoming power that comes by way of the blood. I want to finish by saying the blood has the power to heal. Because the Bible says by his stripes we are healed. The blood Bible says in Exodus 12 and 13, it says, when I see the blood, I will pass over. The blood has the power to break the yokes of bondage and sin from our lives. The blood has the power to save. The blood has the power to set the captives free. The blood has the power to deliver. The blood has the power to give life. And today, because of the covenant, it gives us access into the promises of God. And I want to end by saying the blood has never lost its power. There is still wonder-working power in the blood of the Lamb. Will you stand and put your hands together and bless the Lord? Thank Him for the blood. 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 We pray you're encouraged with the word of God. For more information about Restoration City Church, 
please visit us at www.restorationcc.org.uk.